you know, it could be many things, yeah. But m- most importantly for me, chess is the great equalizer. You know, it's a game that connects people. Mm-hmm. You know, because with chess, there are no stereotypes. There are no disparities. Anyone can play chess. It doesn't matter what language you speak, you know, wh- what your background is, whether you're tall or, or short or rich or poor. So it's a game that brings people together. I would go as far as saying it's a language, you know, because it bridges even that language barrier. that mm-hmm. And uh, the power that that has is just like the power that, love has that music has that football has you know that is the power of chess in that it brings people together and connects them you know it's a board game that aids cognition you know empirical research has proven time and time again you know that chess aids cognition you know builds a lot of important life skills like critical thinking creativity you know strategic thinking you know this is backed by science yeah mm-hmm. but the more you play chess the more it expands your imagination and um, you begin to think about possibilities Hey, hey, welcome back to your favorite podcast of all time, Sakina Speaks. My name is Sakina Ishabani, and I'm your host doing the absolute most on this platform where we come to have the conversations and the discussions about the things that matter. The honest and open conversations, spotlighting and highlighting amazing African people that are doing things that are emancipating our society, uniting us and really taking us to where we need to be. I am super, super blessed, super honored to be introducing to you today one of, you know, my most prized guests. I mean, every single guest is extremely special in their own right. And today this one shines because he's doing an absolutely amazing job in one of the biggest slums, actually the biggest slum or floating slum in the world. And that is Makoko, which is situated in Nigeria. And basically what this young gentleman is doing is he took his own personal experience or the skill, the gifting that he got from chess, you know, the game that changed his life to change the lives of other little children who do not have access to education do not have the resources or the ability, you know, to tap into the potentials that many typical children have and many people take for granted. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce you to Tunde Onakoya. Thank you so very much. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sakina. I feel greatly honored to be here on your podcast today. So, so yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. I mean, I am so overwhelmed. It's just so important. I think the pressure is coming from me just understanding the seriousness and the importance of just conveying the story to the best of my ability. Of course, you've been on, you know, multiple publications, um, you know, news networks and, and, and TV channels and everything. It's just in that. It's in the weight of understanding, you know, what I'm doing, what I'm carrying forward. And it's just that pressure to make sure that I do it well. No, I mean, I think you're doing an amazing job. And you think after in a lot of this, features and interviews you think oh this would just be a walk in the park but you know (laughs) there's always to me that initial nervousness you know Mm -hmm. and I also feel that right now too you know but uh, more importantly I believe you know stories change the world you know stories are powerful you know the best storytellers change the world yeah and uh, it's a great responsibility to be able to share the stories in the most compelling way you know like I said earlier me speaking on this platform you know is uh, I'm not just speaking for myself Mm -hmm. but I speak on behalf of a lot of these children who cannot speak for themselves it's a responsibility to be able to tell the stories in the best light 
you know, so people can begin to feel some of the things I feel when I spend time with them. So it's an absolute, you know, pleasure to be here, you know, and uh, willing to share a lot of, of insights that I've learned on this journey. And I hope it inspires people to know that they too can do great things from a small place. I love it. I love that, how that has become, you know, the tagline of it, you know, doing great things from a small place. And we will definitely get a lot deeper into that and unpack that. But let's start with your story, because this is basically where it began. If you hadn't grown up in Korodu, of course, God would have raised up others, but that's basically where it began, right? You growing up in the slum yourself, experiencing that and being able to understand the pain, being able to, you know, personally experience the the struggles and the obstacles that many of these children face. And many of these children, just like yourself, you were very innocent to it, but you fell victim to that. So please just tell us about your personal experience growing up there. You know, what was life like and what was your heart's desire for yourself? Where did you see yourself going and being and becoming before you met Chess? Hmm, this is a very deep question. You know, it's always been the typical, okay, so what is your name? Why are you? What do you do? And uh, <laughs> but I like how you express this, you know, because, you know, I have to really search deep into my soul, you know, to narrate this, you know, from the very beginning. Exactly. So the backstory, the genesis to all this was um, I grew up in a difficult place and uh, it's a place called Ikorodu in Lagos. So Ikorodu is one of the most dangerous slum communities. So I lived in a place called Isalaudu. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. these are some of these words are in Yoruba, so pardon me. Growing up for me was um, quite an experience because, um, you know, we basically had nothing. Mm-hmm. We lived in a shanty, one-room apartment. Mm-hmm. You know, we shared toilets with you know, a lot of other people. And um, at the time, you wouldn't like, you know, know that these things aren't normal you know as a child yeah because that is the only life you've ever known that is Mm -hmm. what your parents are able to give you so you know you don't understand that there could be more or there's better than this and uh my parents raised us with a lot of love and uh, even though things were so difficult we didn't have to beg for food you know my dad did his best to always ensure that at least you could feed at least twice or three times daily and um you know growing up for me i went to school like a normal child and um after my basic education things Got really bad, like really, really bad. And uh, my dad was a bus driver. You know, he had a bus. You know, this local, you know, bus that you know he used, you know, to transport people in Lagos. So the bus had an accident. So during that period, he didn't have a job, so there was no way for us to even feed properly. So going to school was just not an option. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I had to stay at home for two years. I was ten years old. So the way the educational system works in Nigeria, you do your basic one to six, then you go on to secondary school for six years before going on to the university it was just rough you know it was difficult because a lot of my classmates that we finished basic education together you know were already they always had you know stories about you know secondary school and I was just at home doing nothing mm-hmm. you know and uh, I would cry most of the time I, I just didn't understand why I mean I was still so young so it wasn't really an understanding of like my parents being so poor that they couldn't you know send me to school so just like we couldn't go to school because there was no means and that was it. And we just had to settle for that, you know, yes. me and my brother. And uh, it was in the, that moment I discovered chess, you know, and that was the beginning of a new chapter for me. Say I didn't discover chess, maybe I would have taken a much different path. I didn't know how things would have turned out. You know, I try not to think about what could have happened, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I feel that in some way it is God, you know, that gives a purpose that suits the nature of a man. So, However, that played out initially. There was a reason for it. So it led me to 
discovering the gift of chess, you know, that like I would call it. So um, I would always go play video games at the Barbin Salon on the other side of our street. And uh, so one of these days, we're just there playing PlayStation 1 and he just brought out a small plastic chess set. And um, I was immediately fascinated by the way the pieces were carved. Mm-hmm. And um, it just love at first sight for me. I, mm-hmm. I became really curious. I wanted to know what those pieces were. And he would tell me, oh, this is chess. I'd never seen a chess board before. So you know, I was fascinated. I would just watch him sit down in one corner, always reading books and playing you know, with himself. And I told him to teach me so I could play against him. And he was like, oh, too young. And he wouldn't teach me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that was the beginning. I mean, the typical amazing story. And just like you said, it's it's so beautiful how God definitely does pair one's purpose to man so seamlessly, so effortlessly. I mean, you were literally just doing the, the regular thing, you know, within the unfortunate circumstances that you found yourself. And that's where yeah. the breakthrough came, <laughs> if you had to put it that way. Yeah, true. I mean, breakthrough it's surreal i mean you begin to think what if what if it wasn't chess what if it was i mean that didn't happen what if a lot of what ifs you know yeah. but then it had to happen that way you know i mean looking back now there were times when i felt in a very deep sorrow when things got even worse right after my secondary school going on to university and uh, i always wish i could go back in time to change things but now i know better i needed to experience life that way because it's helped me understand you know my journey even better so mm-hmm. now i'm able to do the things i do now because i have like an experiential understanding of it so i would have it no other way absolutely I mean, that's that's a journey that I'm going through right now and it, uh, many other people are going through as well. And it doesn't always make sense. I can definitely say that. It, there's so many times where I'm like, I really wish I didn't have to take this gap, yo. I didn't have to. But if I didn't, I probably wouldn't be having this conversation with you right now. And so I couldn't be more grateful. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, embrace your journey. And in the end, it's what matters. But yeah, don't apologize for saying your bad words. Don't apologize for using Nigerian oh, okay. references. <laughs> <laughs> I'm streets. I'm streets. I did blow pigeon anyhow. I, you know, hey. I'm... I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm, wow. I say this so many times. I feel like people are just tired of me. They'll just ship me to to Nigeria. But like, I I really do love. <laughs> I love your country. I've learned pigeon purposefully because I want to be able to communicate with my Nigerian brothers and sisters because you guys are just amazing. You're just vibes on vibes. So I I know how to speak pigeon. So I was so tempted to say downfall when you were saying that your father was driving. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> can you see so um, it's, it's not just touch and go like i'm serious about this <laughs> and you've never been to nigeria before i have not been to any other country but south africa i've literally never left these grounds but yeah i travel a lot with my mind <laughs> um yeah wow. through through like consuming a lot of nigerian content i think 80 percent of everything i watch or listen is from nigeria Wow, that's amazing. I mean, the first thing we need to do is give you a Nigerian name because <laughs> you are one of us. You're a Nigerian in equity. So. Exactly, exactly. So we'll talk about picking out a name for you after this. Well, that, I feel like I, I need nice. one for like every tribe because, you know, I can't, I okay. can't be Ivo, I can't be Yoba, you know. So... Hey. <laughs> Alright, yeah. so I will hold back on the on the Yoruba lingua. Then I'm Thank going to you. give it to you. Yes. Uh, show up, show up. Ah. Okay. Uh, 
I'm going to give you everything, don't worry. Exactly. Yeah, that's Thank awesome. you. This I makes guess. what you do really special because, I mean, a lot more people might probably be uh, very conscious of the uh, audience, uh, but I like that you're also promoting diversity, you know, mm-hmm. inclusion service. That's important. Exactly. Audience. Thank you. Thank you for noticing that. For people like myself, right, I'm very ashamed of this, but I still don't know how to play chess. I'm extremely clueless. The only thing I know is that a pawn moves diagonally that's the extent you know how how does chess work and this is not you know obviously you're not going to give me a lesson now but how exactly does chess work and and what are the objectives like why is it such a beneficial Mm -hmm. game especially to young ones and to stimulating the mind of little people because of you know the benefits that it then has within life Hmm. All right. That's a good question. Let me start this way. Yeah. There's a general misconception about chess, you know, just being just a board game, you know, or being a game for, you know, highly cerebral people, you know, tell you, oh, I can't play chess and oh, it's only for intelligent people. That is not true beyond just being a game is a metaphor for life yeah you know but before i delve into the deep stuff you know it could be many things yeah but most importantly for me chess is the great equalizer you know it's a game that connects people Mm -hmm. you know because with chess there are no stereotypes there are no disparities anyone can play chess it doesn't matter what language you speak you know what your background is whether you're tall or short or rich or poor so it's a game that brings people together i would go as far as saying it's a language you know, because it bridges even that language barrier, that mm-hmm. gap. And the power that that has is just like the power that love has, that music has, that football has. You know, that is the power of chess in that it brings people together and connects them. You know, it's a board game that aids cognition. You know, empirical research has proven time and time again, you know, that chess aids cognition, you know, builds a lot of important life skills like critical thinking, creativity, you know, strategic thinking. You know, this is backed by science, yeah? Mm-hmm. The more you play chess, the more it expands your imagination. And um, you begin to think about possibilities. Let me give you one interesting fact about chess, yeah? Yes. If I go into some of the basic rules, I like to think chess is the coolest game in the world. So that's why (laughs) I'm always... <laughs> surprised when people say, "Oh, it's too boring," or it's too, you know, I'm just like, "What? What do you mean by that?" Exactly. Game the world. <laughs> you know, the fun thing is that chess is a mathematically infinite game. You know, what that means is that after the first foremost, the number of ways you can play that game, or the number of outcomes that are possible, that more than the number of atoms in the universe, so wow. it's almost infinite. Now you have all those plethora of options at your disposal, and in the middle of all of this, you have to just make one move, just one move you have all those billions and billions and billions of options ways this game can turn out but you have to i mean the human mind is only limited maybe 10 or 20 moves at most so you have to bring it down to those and you have to just make one move so this decision making process is something that leaves an impression on the mind because you begin to learn how to like consider only the things that are important yes yeah so the process of learning checks empowers the mind now imagine this for the mind of a child you know that is just growing you know it's important for a child to begin to learn not what to think but how to think for themselves so chess creates the premise of this it's the gymnasium of the mind it's a game that builds the mind in beautiful ways so that is what chess is as a game but for me chess is so much more than that chess is a way for me to connect it's a way for me to reach people you know it creates an avenue for me to teach and it creates a lot of teachable moments yeah so chess can be many things, you know, to many people. For you, for example, now, if you want to start learning the rules of the game, you'll definitely learn learning to be a grandmaster because it's already too late for that. Really? <laughs> you know, you have a lot to worry about. But you can still learn chess, yeah? 
and you can still be good at it. Just maybe if there's a friend that's always bragging and you just want to be beating that friend (laughs) and that can just be enough for you. (laughs) And that's absolutely fine. You can learn chess for that sole purpose. You can learn chess because you just want to have a new hobby, you know, that you could share with friends. You could learn because um, you want to learn, you know, a bit about business strategy because I, I think one of the founders of PayPal, Peter Thiel, he teaches a course at Stanford, you know, using chess analogies, you know, to teach business strategy, you know. So chess is also used, you know, to help cure Alzheimer's and old people because it grows dendrites, you know, on the left side of the brain. It juggles both sides of the brain. So there are all this different factions of chess for some people for professionals grandmasters they get to travel around the world and compete and there are people that play chess as a recreational activity for me chess is an resource you know to teach children yeah so it's you know there are many ways to look at it to know what chess is so the most important thing is first understanding what you want chess to mean to you and uh, accepting it and learning it you know within that framework the rules of the game are pretty simple. You have 16 pieces, you have your pawns, you have the castle, you have the rope, uh, you have the castle, the knight, and the bishop, mm-hmm. and the king, and the queen. So it's just a kingdom. Now you're in charge of that kingdom. Then there's the evil kingdom in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to conquer that kingdom. So that means because it's a game, there has to be a winner. Why are you playing? What is the goal? The goal is to checkmate your opponent. So that the word checkmate coined from chess, yeah. It means the king is dead. So it was coined from uh, this Persian word, Shaikh Mat, means the king is dead. Yeah. So wow. you have to capture the king to win a chess. So that is the goal of the game. But then it's just like football where you want to score a goal, score into the net. But you don't just start out by shooting randomly. You need to have a strategy. You need to yes. have a plan. You need to assign those stacks to them. You need to understand the ones that are weak, the ones that are strong, how you can use the ones that are strong to complement the weakness of the these valuable ones. So a lot of all those things that goes on during the game. And outside that, we just look at them as plastic pieces. But mm-hmm. the sees, you know, a charging army, you know, <laughs> he sees people it sees individuals i mean i can hear that right now that is just chess that's the beauty of it you know the rules are very simple the rook moves in straight lines vertically and horizontally the pawn doesn't move diagonally it moves forward (laughs) wow (laughs) two squares at the beginning the one square forward but it can capture diagonally so it's the only piece that captures differently from the way it moves then you have the bishop that moves diagonally in a slant way then you have the knight that moves kind of in a, in a in a hell shape because it can it moves like a horse, yeah. It jumps, it can jump over other pieces. Then you have the queen, which is the most powerful piece on the chessboard, you know, and the king, which is very is almost powerless, but it's the most important piece because when you lose your king, you lose the game. Irony, like the queen is the most important piece. When you lose your queen, it's the most powerful piece, rather. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's as good as losing the game because when you lose your most powerful piece, your king will be helpless. But then, it doesn't end the game since only when you lose your king, who is basically just useless, that you have to protect <laughs> the entire game and the game truly ends. So it helps you to understand the relationship between what is important and what is powerful. The value system of the pieces teaches you know an important lesson about life understanding strengths, weaknesses, leveraging, you know. So a lot of those things are just what chess teaches and that's just what chess is about. I hope I haven't complicated chess for you even further. Nope. That is the most intricate but most interesting explanation I've ever heard of chess. Like I'm actually quite interested now because I actually like, you know, these 
strategy games and kingdoms and lords and that kind of thing and i never thought of chess like that i just thought this game is a very complicated very boring because i couldn't play board game but wow the passion in like every single line of explanation you're practically oozing of passion i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) please don't be sorry like that's how you know that this is your calling because Anybody can entrust you with with a kid and know that you're not going to be doing this for any ulterior motives or anything. Like you, you genuinely believe in what you're doing, and that's why we can see the fruits of it. Yes, the things that are exciting are not random. You know, that are connected to our purpose. And uh, like I said, there was a reason why I had discovered the gift of chess. You know, at one of the darkest moments, you know, in my life. And I mean, it's something I've given a lot of myself to, you know, I've literally poured my heart into this. So, mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, you know, it becomes an extension of who you are. Yeah. You know, and welcome to my world, <laughs> to my <laughs> chess world. Now, let's go into a bit of the deeper stuff still surrounding this. In the talks that you do, basically, when you speak about this, you know, when you speak on behalf of these amazing children whose, whose lives are just being changed through this really powerful game, um, you always mention very passionately that you want to give these children, you know, the opportunity to basically know the, the full range of possibilities and opportunities that they can tap into. Why is that something that is so important for you in particular? Again, very deep questions. <laughs> no, how are you? What are your favorite colors? Nope. That is no. So I'll go back to after I discovered the gift of chess. And um, so I became an active part of my chess club. Um, and I mean, worthy of note was when I was 11 years old, I couldn't speak any English word because I went to a really poor primary school. So it was just this dilapidated structure where we'd sit down on the floor and I, even our teachers couldn't speak English. So I didn't go to a really good primary school. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, so when I was in Chester's one at the age of 11, I couldn't speak any English. You know, I always struggled to communicate in class. You know? So I would rather just not say anything. I could only speak my local dialect yes you know but when i started playing chess i loved it so much that i would always be the first you know in class whenever the chess tutor came our chess tutor then mr collins god bless his soul you know he's late now he would just mm-hmm. walk into class with a swagger and be like give me any mathematical question and i will solve it for you go and call your seniors and tell them to bring that toughest math question there's always a wonder it would always brag about chess players being intelligent mm-hmm. I, mean, I would just always look at him you know with absolute awe and um he carried himself that way and uh it was cool to have this knowledge of chess and i wanted to have the same thing because i struggled a lot with my self-confidence because i couldn't speak english in class a lot of my peers were you know were rich kids from you know rich homes and uh, the only reason why i got good with that school was because uh, my mom actually offered to work there as a yes trainer. but that's a story for another day i wouldn't <laughs> really go into that deeply but uh, my mom actually worked in that school as a trainer so i could get you know a pass a staff card and uh and uh, she never received a salary throughout, you know, my time in, in that school. And wow. that was the most important sacrifice that anyone would ever make for me, will ever make for me, you know. And uh, so I was in the middle of, like, I was in a private school for the first time. And I was in the midst of other children, you know, that were privileged. And uh, so I was just the odd one. But I love chess. And uh, I became really good at it. And that gave me a new kind of confidence that if I could be excellent at this game, that my chess coach thought was for intelligent people. That means I could actually really become intelligent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But then, and I won my first tournament. No, I didn't win the tournament. I came toward it, but I got a trophy. I took the trophy home 
you know, with my medal and with the gift I got. And my dad was in tears because that was the first time anyone in our family ever got a medal or a trophy at something. Wow. <laughs> it was proud of me. And um, I was happy too. In that tournament, I beat a lot of kids from other schools and, and I came to it and uh, I was 12 years old at the time. I was still a child, but that changed something for me. It helped me realize that I could be good at something, you know, and that changed my entire outlook on life. I began to see myself as a chess master and not as a child from the slum community. So I began to distance myself from the other kids in the community that just wanted to play or go to one corner and smoke. A lot of my friends then that we grew up in the ghetto, they always wanted to do things like that. Yes. You know, and so I would always distance myself from them because I was a chess master and I had to do things differently. Those were my thoughts then, yeah. Doing things that build your confidence, you know, as a child, as a young person, it's very important. So I began to, someone gave me a dictionary. I began to study new words every week, you know, to improve my vocabulary and, uh, you know, gradually began to just rub off on me, you know, as I progressed you know, through the levels. So that was what chess did for me. It changed my perspective about life beyond the confines of my immediate environment. Yes. Know? And after secondary school, you know, I was the senior prefect and uh, I got into college on a partial scholarship because I was on the college chess team. I won a lot of tournaments. I met a lot of amazing people in the chess community. And um, we still lived in Korodu all that time, but I had exposure that was beyond Korodu. You know, mm-hmm. I saw the world, I saw people, you know, I experienced people and places differently. We'd always go for tournaments. And anytime I got out, it was always that escape to learn, to see things differently. I, I, did, I never used a computer until I was maybe 16, you know. So that was what chess gave me. It gave me the confidence to see what I could truly really become. Now, remember I mentioned something about the chess pieces earlier? Yes. You know, that have different values. The pawn is the least valuable piece. Well, the coin is the most valuable piece in board. But the beautiful thing about chess, I mean, the greatest miracle, you know, of chess for me is mm. of the pawn, the little one, to become a queen, the powerful one. Yes. So there's a special move in chess where when the pawn marches to the end of the board, it undergoes a transformation. So the term is called pawn promotion and it becomes a queen. When it becomes a queen, the game is, is almost won because you have one of the most powerful pieces back on the board and you can win the game easily. It tells a story of potential and it tells a story of what I decided to do, you know, to help every child know that they can truly become powerful too, right? So that reflects the true essence of what, you know, I'm doing now. And that was my own story, you know, that even though I came from this place, you know, this kind of background, this kind of upbringing, never stood in the way of what I could become. Because yeah. I aspired for so long, you know, and chess was what gave me that. So now I do this now for other children because it is important that they know what they can become. It's very easy to just go through life and, um, you know, you're just trying to survive and there's no room for imagination. And a lot of children that live in slum communities, that is what life is for them. They have mm-hmm. to already have a menial job to support their parents. They were born into the cycle of poverty that they know nothing about. So because of that, they're already conditioned to live life within the confines of that cycle of poverty. So they would never get to know what is outside that because their parents cannot give them that, right? No one can give them that. So it takes something to disrupt that cycle completely to help them peek outside, you know, oh, wow, so this is possible. Oh, so this is out there. There are children that are still in those slum communities that don't even know what the internet is. They've never used a mobile phone. They've never... Now imagine the kind of opportunities that exist in that universe. Yes. There are people that may never know that just because they were born in a place like that. I don't believe 
people should be limited to that. So it is important for us to like expand their horizons, to let them just see, to let them experience. It is only when they experience it that they can now decide and choose the kind of future they want to build for themselves. Because at the end of the day, we are only limited by the choices that we have, the options that we have. So by expanding those margins and creating more options for them, you know, they can really get to live out their truest potential and become, you know, what they truly want, not what circumstances or life chooses for them. I'm speechless. I'm a very, very verbose person, but I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm just sharing insights from my team. I'm just sharing how I feel. Are you a poet? Like, do you write? Well, I mean, I would like to be a writer because I had to learn on the job. Imagine you're doing something so amazing and you're not able to articulate those thoughts properly. Oh, for people to see. Mm-hmm. to understand yeah. that would be a tragedy so yes had to learn on the job yeah so i am a writer sometimes so. you're doing an amazing job i mean that was that was very articulate and so eloquent you don't need to sell the story because the story sells itself but i mean the way you put it yes. is just so captivating so i really do appreciate that thank you thank you so much i'm actually curious to, to know do you have like another occupation or is chess and slums your life of course, I mean, in the university, I study computer science, yeah. And uh, I do graphics design, you know. I still do a bit of it every now and then. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you check some of the graphics on our page, I do, at the beginning, I did a lot of that myself, yeah. Beyond chess, I was a musician, not a singer, because I spoke so much of singing, but <laughs> I was a pianist for the longest time. I kind of grew up, like, in church. So uh, because I was always around musical instruments, I got to learn the piano, the guitar, and the clarinet, you know, myself. So... While I was in school, that was how I earned a living. I used to play the piano professionally. You know, we used to go play at jazz, pubs, you know, in church. And yes. I mean, until three years ago that I just decided to just quit and focus on this project. What I really do to earn a living is I teach chess professionally. I'm a coach. I have students all over the world, you know, that I coach virtually. If you look at it in some way, it's kind of like a modern Robin Hood story where you're teaching the rich during the week. Then on weekends, <laughs> I give you back, you know, to the ones that we don't have as much. So that's what I do, you know. And uh, although it has become increasingly difficult to find a balance because, you know, my weekends were always just dedicated to the Chess Sums projects. But then, since it became something much more serious and we needed to scale our impact even further, um, I had to quit my job sometime in February this year to just focus solely on Chess Slums. So we can say now that Chess Slums project is the only thing I do for now. And it's just what my life revolves around, you know, because there's a lot that goes into it, the administrative, you know, so it's almost a full-time work. So that's just what I'm focused on right now. And even though it doesn't pay the bills because it is non-profit. Yeah. <laughs> I still get to like do consultancy projects, you know, every now and then for other organizations. So totally focused on the Chess and Slums project now. That's amazing. That is really, really, really cool. I, I also mm-hmm. hope that at some point in life, some point soon i can also then just dedicate my time energy and effort to doing something like that yeah yeah different points of the journey we're most probably at you know so let me let me yeah. finish my own <laughs> university <laughs> let me carry my cross <laughs> Voila, please you know time. i mean you're still young so you're allowed to be impulsive i mean i don't i still don't know if mine is the best decision maybe it's wise maybe it's foolish but <laughs> Sometimes I still suffer for it, you know, but I mean, only time would tell, you know, I, I mean, but whatever it is, I would definitely have no regrets, you know, I am happy doing this full time. 
you know, I know that, you know, over the next few years, it is still going to keep evolving. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just taking it one day at a time. So whatever tomorrow brings, you know, by the next day, I'm just going to leave every moment and yeah, do it with uh, so much passion, you know, so. So, yeah, Absolutely. And I'll be rooting for you too. So. Oh, thank you. Funny enough, I actually read a scripture today which says that the wisdom of man is foolishness. So mm. it may look foolish right now, but it's it's definitely the wisest decision you could have made. Yeah. Amen. Oh, <laughs> <true>. <laughs> yeah. Deep down, I know it. And there's this poem by Robert Frost, The Road Less Traveled. Yep. You know, there's the captivating line that says, uh, um, I'm trying to quote it verbatim now, so I don't mix up the words. I, where ends and ends, uh, the woods diverse. Uh, anyway, I mean. And you chose the, just, the, the, the one less trodden. Less traveled. Yeah. yeah, the one less traveled. And yes. And made all the difference. Yeah. So, I mean, I've chosen this path. Uh, I would never know what would have happened if I had chosen the other path. Yeah. Yeah, but. I have chosen this road less traveled that not a lot of people would want to take because I've had to make a lot of painful sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Sacrifices that I can't even share because there's just no point, you know, saying, oh, I did this, I gave this up because there's just so many to count. To be truly selfless takes a lot. It's not enough to have good intentions, you know. Photo optics are easy. Telling false days of impacts are easy. Trust me, you can mm-hmm. speak to all of that. No, but to truly, like, give yourself to the service of humanity without expecting anything in return, it takes a lot from you, you know, and because you begin to live with that consciousness that you could have chosen to become the next tech billionaire or maybe chosen to dedicate your time to understanding cryptocurrency or learning a skill that would earn you, you know, thousands of dollars. And you begin to learn that what you have chosen now, there'll be consequences for it, yeah. So because you're not doing that instead, this is what you're choosing to do to dedicate your years to. Living with that, you know, consciousness at the back of your mind could be scary, you know. And that is why a lot of people are very averse to change, you know, prefer to be in their comfort zones and just live within what they understand what is safe yeah because like in chess any move you make has a consequence and that is what i teach the children yeah let me tell you the first thing i teach them whenever we go to a new community and we gather the children together i tell them that see i'm here to teach you chess but i'm also here to teach you to make better decisions and mm-hmm. the only reason why you're here is because your parents made certain decisions you know and uh, i mean not necessarily because they made bad decisions they only chose from the the poor choices that they have. So I tell them that you're here to create your own options and you're here to not just create your own options, you know, make better decisions. Yes. So you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be here when you become an adult, you know, so that your own future would be a lot different from this. Every single move you make on this chessboard, as you begin to learn the rules of the game, has its own consequence. It's either it's good or it's bad. But then you have to own up to whatever it is that you make, whether you make the right move or the wrong move. You have to take responsibility for it. So knowing that it is entirely up to you to lose the game or win the game, then you have to put a lot of thought into making your move before you touch that piece and you move it. So I think about consequences like that, you know, from the chessboard, you know, you're not allowed to take back a move. And the moment you make that move you've started a new chain of events that's 
pins into a billion possibilities that are more than the number of atoms in the universe. So mm-hmm. at every point that you make a move, the possibilities keep expanding, keep expanding, <laughs> keep expanding. And uh, I mean, that's how life works. Sometimes I just think about it. You know, I could be doing anything else. You know, I know that God has blessed me with the power of a sound mind. You know, there's a scripture that says he hasn't given us the fear. You know, he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. You know, but love, love, power, and a sound mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could be using it in any other way to benefit myself and just live a normal life and be wealthy. And but I'm choosing to use it to tell stories, use it to impact the lives of other people. And even if I don't end up wealthy in monetary terms or whatever, I'll be happy, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll feel fulfilled because in the end, I've given myself to the service of other people, and it will make all the difference for them. So, and that's the greatest fulfillment life could ever give one. So yeah. Why are you not the Nigerian president? Um, <laughs> I go. Let me let me not come and be, you know, adding. Okay, so I'm the president of Jesus Slum, so I can effect change within my own right. my own influence. Yeah, you know, I can influence the things I can control. So I think I'll, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on behalf of everybody that's listening and everybody that's just positively impacted by everything that you've just said thus far and everything that you've done even those that are literally just meeting you through this episode thank you so very much for what you're doing just like you said it's not everybody that can sacrifice their life you know for the lives of others who will probably never be able to repay them back like the fruits of what you're doing could probably only manifest in generations to come but you know it's it's just in in that it's just it's easier said than done and so definitely want to commend you Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Thank you. Now you've spoken of what you teach the children. What have the children taught you? Tell us about at least one lesson that you've either learned through them, you know, directly telling you something or, you know, responding to you or just in the way that you've been able to interact with the kids. Again, the deep questions. I mean, most interviews I've been in, it's always about, okay, what's your name? So when did you start chess and stands? You know, what have you done? What are the success stories? You know, like that. But I like how this is very unconventional. And I could start, you know, dissecting from the much deeper stuff before now getting to the surface. Exactly. <laughs> so once again, well done. <laughs> Thank you. This is me. Yeah. This is me. <laughs> That stuff is already out there. It's great because, I mean, it helped me as well, you know, to formulate these these better and deeper questions. But, oh, okay. and then what? I mean, we can we can find that, that you are, you were born in this year and you did this and you did that. But like, these yeah. are the questions that when someone listens to the answer, just like you said that off air, that you saw one of the the snippets from, from another conversation that I did. And it, it was yeah. a response to this type of deep question that got you thinking that, okay, then I, I will definitely be keen to speak to this young lady so yeah yeah. absolutely yeah thank you once again Sakina now that I think of it this is the first time I've ever been asked this question so I don't have an auto response but let me see children are they're like messages that we are sending to a time that we will not see 